You're listening to LaSalle College Radio. My name's Jared, and I'm on the phone with David Wilkes, a young musician from the small town of Dexter, Maine. Last year, David released his first CD, so here we are, and it's all good. Thanks for calling in, David. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. So let's go back a little ways. Can you tell me about how you first got started in music? Uh, I have to say the, the love of music has to go uh, probably to about like 13, 14 when I picked up my first guitar. And then I think it really progressed uh, into 17 and 18 uh, when I really started to focus on playing the guitar and songwriting and just kind of falling along with the craft of, of making music. Who taught you to first play the guitar? To be honest, uh, I'm technically self-taught, but uh, a man by the name of Steve Kenny, who actually played bass on my album, was from a senior project, uh, my mentor. And uh, we, we worked on just basics, and, and he told me two really important things, which were, first, practice. Two is just to be the best, uh, as he said, Davy Wilkes. Uh, don't try to be anyone else, because that's not really how you're going to get the most out of what you have to give. So he was really the person that was instrumental in, in pushing me along and, and being a guide for me. And before you started working on your own music, you were in some other music group. Can you tell me a little bit about your time as DJ Dave with the Doe Camels? <laughs> oh, yeah, we, uh, when I was a junior or sophomore in high school, my friend Quinn Dillon was a phenomenal bagpiper, and uh, he'll actually be playing on my uh, my second studio album, which should be out this, this upcoming year. He and I would work together, and we would come up with uh, a much more of electronic music. We were into DJs and all the European uh, electronic music, and we would sample uh, a little bit of guitar and drum loops here and there. And we probably came up with about four or five uh, instrumental pieces. It, that was about as far as it went before he went off to college because he was a year older than I was. Did you guys do anything serious together, or did you do it more for fun? Uh, it was it was strictly for fun. We would create these electronic sounds and we put them all together. And that's back when we were just kind of learning how to use GarageBand. And I actually still on my old iPod that I have. We still have all of the tracks on there. He created a eight to ten electronic songs, and we created together about four songs, and I created several on my own, and we kind of collaged them all together into a playlist, and we called that the Dick Kimmel's Playlist. And if you're not careful, maybe it will make a reappearance at some time uh, down the road. And you were also a member of another music group, is that correct? Uh, yes. Uh, are you talking about uh, Fishers of Men? I am. Can you tell me yeah. a little bit about that? That actually was where I really started to, to cut my teeth as a musician. Uh, when I was 17, uh, just about to turn 18, that's when I was doing my senior project. And the man, Stu Kenny, that uh, was my mentor, was actually the bass player and partial guitar player for this band. This uh, is the men, which is a nonprofit Christian men's group. And they were all over the age of, I think, 45 at the time. So they were seasoned musicians that had had 20-plus years of experience playing out. And we played a lot, uh, uh, it was very uh, eclectic, uh, everything from country western to rock to a little bit of hip-hop influence. And I would play with them when I was doing my senior project. And then a couple of years later, I think it was my sophomore year in college, I actually was asked to join uh, after Stu had left the band. And I, I was a fill-in bass player. And pretty much in one week, I learned about 30 songs on bass. 
And I went out and we started, uh, you know, doing different shows at uh, various churches and uh, social gatherings and uh, community events. So that definitely was a, a great experience to go out and play in front of people. I think the biggest group uh, of, of people I played in front of was about 250. There's nothing like playing live music in front of people because you just can't replace that, that energy. It's not like anything else. And uh, have you played any live shows just by yourself? Uh, no, actually, I haven't. Uh, wrote this album, uh, I finished it, and uh, put it out for distribution, and, and that's kind of been the sign sealed and delivered on, on my personal music. Uh, I'm hoping this summer to actually, uh, with this new project that I'm going to be doing for 2015, to go out and, and either do an acoustic set or find other musicians that are interested in playing and try to see how far we can kind of go with this and your first CD, so here we are and it's all good, has been out for a little over a year now. Can you tell me a little bit about the process of making that? Oh, uh, to be honest, I think making the album was the most difficult thing I've ever had to do. When I first went in, to go back to the beginning, I, I created a, a great bond and relationship with uh, Andrew Clifford uh, at Main Street Music Studios, which is located in downtown Bangor. For months before I went in, I, I'd written all these songs, and I just wanted to record and just see what the process was and see if it was just something that I felt that I could do, but I wanted to see if I actually could. And I went in there and I uh, created a lot of uh, great relationships, but I really didn't know how to make an album or how to even go in and track different instrumental and vocal pieces. So uh, after about, I'd say about a year, started to get an idea of, okay, this is, what I want it to be, this is how I'm going to go about doing it. So how do I get from point A to Z? Well, you have to hit, you know, B, C, D, E, and all the way through if you want it to come out as good as you're hoping it to be. So I, I wrote all these songs on my own. Uh, we went in, we started recording, and we probably kept, I think, three tracks that you hear now. And then we re-recorded those three tracks and recorded all new tracks. And then we pretty much put it together. We had uh, Cohesive 10 that was like, okay, that's that's going to be the project. And then uh, Eric Ferguson came into play and um, mixed mastered and, you know, you have the album that you have now. So it was really, it was just, uh, wasn't one specific path that was taken. It was all over the place and which kind of helped with future projects. And now I have a, you know, a clear idea of how to go about making a, a very, solid record. You mentioned Eric Ferguson mixed and mastered your CD. He's also worked with other great artists like Phil Collins and Ringo Starr. How does it feel to be on a list like that? Oh, it, uh, Eric is uh, quite uh, an interesting character. Uh, I consider him just a great friend. He was just so uh, welcoming and uh, being a novice uh, musician, going in and working with someone that is so professional and how he carries himself and has such a love for music. And he's a, such a talented musician himself. And so when he came in there and was working on my project, one thing was really clear is that he had a clear vision and he knew how to get my music where it needed to go. If you heard the tracks when we were first tracking to where they are at the end, you'd be like, wow, he really made something out of nothing. And that's not to diminish what all the other people that were involved did, but he just, he had such a vision and he had such a professionalism about him 
and he loves to serve the song and, and everyone at the studio that's always the, that's always the mantra that we that we follow is serving the song what does the song need to make the song what it, you know what it has to be because every song is a is almost a living breathing thing and when you treat it like that that's how you get the most out of it and that's what he did and that's why I'm so honored to have him be a part of the project and hopefully this next project because he's just so talented and, and it really does come through in the finished product of, so here we are and it's all good speaking of that next project deeper colors how's that coming along oh well we actually had a good uh recording session last night we actually laid down uh two tracks uh one track is untitled and it has a little bit of a, a latin slash rock flair and that's going to be uh hopefully a much more energetic and uh upbeat and then another track that we did uh is called dig and that's going to have a little bit of a delta grimy blues uh with a, another rock edge so i'm really excited about this project we're going to have bagpipes hopefully some harp uh we're going to have additional string sections like we did we had on no other which is the ninth track on uh, Sylvia Rihanna's All Good, and hopefully uh, Jim Winters, uh, who played trombone on my first album and wrote the, and arranged the strings, he'll be a part of this next project, and he's just a phenomenal um, musical mind as well. So it's really starting to come along, I think it's going to be about 10 or 11 tracks, and right now we're, I think I'm cemented about 8 or 9 tracks that I know are definitely going to be on, and now it's just fine-tuning which other ones um, are we going to start recording and kind of go from there. So I'm really excited about it. It's going to be definitely a departure from the first. You say that your music is inspired by life experiences. Are there any experiences in particular? To be honest, uh, I think it was just the realization about 23, in 22 to 23 where, you know, that's kind of after you get done, quote unquote, college. And I, and I actually dropped out of college, not specifically to focus on a musical career, but I just knew that college at that time wasn't right for me. Part of dropping out was, okay, what else am I going to do besides going and working? You know, music made itself available, and that's really what I wanted to do, and that's what I want to do at some point, realistically, of course, because not everyone's going to be pop star, not everyone's going to be headlining arenas. But I think like 22, 23 is when I started to realize, okay, uh, like the song something more. There's no, you know, who's to decide which way is right. And whether you're a small town kid or you're a big city kid, you know, whether you're you're headlining arena tours or you're just doing what I'm doing is just making music and then seeing, you know, if you get a reaction. And I think just the accumulation of all those little life experiences and moments where you kind of realize, okay, you have one run at life. And besides that, uh, you know, you need to keep perspective on what does and doesn't matter. Part of having that one run in life is you want to get the most out of it as possible. And that's kind of what that first album is about. Is you know it, you can definitely tell in, in my vocals, you can tell in the instrumentation. It's like it's very unsure. It's very um, you know I don't I'm not very assertive. And with this next album, it is very assertive and it's very comfortable. And I wasn't comfortable recording vocals because I never sang before. And I think it's very genuine when you hear it. And that's why I, first I was a little bit like, oh, you know, you don't feel great about maybe your work. Um, you're, you're always putting yourself down, a harsh critic. But at the same time, you can't fake being genuine. And that first project is very genuine about all those life experiences. So that's why I'm just I'm excited. And you have to be honest in, in anything that you do in life because if you're phony, people will shoot holes through it, uh, no question. You uh, mentioned dropping out of school. Uh, you were going to the University of Maine for business. How did that affect your decision to open your own business that acts as your record label? Well, I'll 
tell you, that um, I think besides two classes, uh, I really wasn't into school at all. But I did pay attention for my marketing class, which we actually did uh, what we call case studies on the music business. So I definitely paid attention in those classes. Uh, my business management class was very helpful. And then my intro to business class. Through those classes, one thing that I learned was if you're not very good at something, make sure that you have someone that's much smarter than you that can do that, that's in your inner circle. I think what has really helped is even setting up my business and trying to be business savvy. Everyone that's been with me has something that they can provide me, not using them, but trying to listen and a lot of people are willing to give advice, but you have open ears. That was one thing that I definitely learned at college is that make sure that you're willing to listen and have different perspectives and, and try to bring as much outside influence to making informed decisions as possible. And I think that's important is that you don't have to do it all on your own, but you have to be willing to work hard because if you're not, it won't happen in anything that you do. And that's especially being a small business owner now, Camp Con Productions LLC that I started, I definitely value owning my own music. I think when you have the control of it, that makes it very genuine. People can, you know, take a hold of that and be a part owner of it. You know, I'd rather sell 100 singles or 100 albums and know that I had my fingerprint along the way and it was 100% me instead of someone else taking it and running with it and going in the direction that isn't 100% authentic David Wills. So that whole business aspect has really helped me control everything and uh, make sure it's as genuine and authentic as possible. David, you mentioned listening, and I can't wait to listen to your new CD. Thank you so much for calling in and talking with me, and I was thinking we could sign off with a song. I was thinking one of my personal favorites from your CD, Something More. How does that sound? Oh, yeah, that sounds good to me. A little bit of harmonica, a little bit of acoustic. This is Jared, and you've been listening to an interview with David Wilkes right here on LaSalle College Radio. Check him out at davidwilkesmusic.com, follow him on Twitter and Instagram at davidwilkesmusic, or like David Wilkes on Facebook. You can get his CD, So Here We Are and It's All Good, on iTunes, Amazon, or or on cdbaby.com. And here you go. This is David Wilkes with Something More. Been a traveling man for far too long Caught up in my whole night Hanging around in the same old town Waiting to catch my ride Smoke up in the same disguise As another year passed by Even men wonder if this bird will ever fly Can't help but think there's more to life What that is, I don't know I'm discontent with where I am It's starting to show Since the days of when I was young I've been told which way I'll go But I don't think the men inside Can fall the line anymore yeah, I'm looking for the winds to blow me west now. Yeah, I'm praying for something more, something more. And a gambling man for far too long, scared to take my risk. I'm out of crossroads in my life, I don't know what to make of it. From the folks in church, the locals at the bar, everybody's wishing on a stop. Just have to be somebody, 
Too decide 